0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself.
1: Jen. Hi, Em. <laughs> now that we've tried to start this episode three
0: times with me forgetting to push record. We've also pushed this episode back 80 <laughs> times because of just life circumstances. Like, Well, exciting Sir says We
1: have a new office in Philadelphia, 1818 Rittenhouse. Come by and say hello at some point.
0: Don't come work. by yet. It's don't don't come, not it's, ready. It's, you, it you'll isn't. see nothing. I mean, if you come you, now,
1: you'll see nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: If you're listening to this in maybe like the fall, then come by. Fall 2022. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Long time coming. Yes. Okay. So we've got a lot going on. So we pushed this back multiple times, but we were originally going to do a different episode. But then we saw all of your responses to one of our question boxes on our Instagram. And that was the things that we hesitate to talk about to our therapist in therapy. Mm -hmm. And it came up
1: after the cannabis episode, right? Where a lot of people said, like, I don't want to talk to my therapist about that.
0: We asked you what else you want to talk about. And holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we have to chat about some of these things so yes. that we can help you. Okay.
1: 81% of people said there's stuff they're not talking to their therapist about, which makes sense.
0: I get it. I get it, too. Right? Like I was going to say, like I'm a therapist. I know that you can talk to your therapist, I guess, depending on like, you know, make sure that your therapist aligns with a lot of these things that you want to talk about. But as a therapist, I hold back sometimes in my own therapy. Same. You know, like things more so things that I don't want to address for myself.
1: Yeah. And I also think sometimes you don't even realize what you're not talking about it until after you say it. Like, I do think part of this is like very like, unconscious like you were not actively trying to not talk about something sometimes you go in and you're like I'm not fucking touching that yeah, yeah. foot pole," <laughs> which I think was sex for a lot of people sex was one of the big ones we got back yes. but we're going to dive into a little bit but and then I think there's stuff later that sometimes you say it and you're like holy shit I can't believe I haven't said that yet like there's sometimes like you don't even realize which I think it's important to talk about that like it's not necessarily conscious acts but I
0: think it's important to say like what am I not talking about and I think sometimes you go in there thinking you know, I want to talk about this today, but it takes a whole different direction, and you don't know how to to steer it back into the direction you want to take it in. And so, with that, let me say that you're very much allowed in therapy to be like, "Hold on, can we talk about something else right now?" I really mm-hmm. wanted to dive into this. You're allowed to put a pause on what you're talking about and dive into the thing that you wanted to bring into therapy that day.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. You're also allowed to shoot your therapist an email and say, I realize I haven't talked about this. I'd like to begin there for a little bit of accountability. Right. That's something that people will do is like, hey, like I'm really struggling to bring up talking about like somebody wrote in about debt. It's interesting Like debt and uh, money shame are two things that people often will bring up. Like I'll be working with people for like a year and then it comes up then. And it's been weighing so heavy on them, but they have so much shame even in therapy to talk about debt. So when it's something that's incredibly shame based, I think that there's so much avoidance that goes with it.
0: Mm -hmm. And I also wonder if, you know, if if you're going into therapy, if the financial piece plays a role in how much you're going to therapy? You know what I mean. So, like, how is the therapist going to feel if I talk to them about the debt that I'm in? You know, I think that that can be a big barrier too. And like, how is the therapist going to feel in this situation? Yeah. And so that this is why we wanted to talk about this. Yo, Jed, how many yeah. sessions have you had where someone's like, I know it's TMI, oh. and I'm like.
1: Oh, I'm like is, right. Isn't I think So many
0: clients have said to you. No so, such thing. And okay, wait. What usually comes after that in your sessions? Like a lot of people. Something
1: that's not TMI. Never, at all. never.
0: I'm something I about say, getting your period. It's always their period. <laughs> it is always. I I don't understand. And I say every time, listen. There's no such thing. <laughs> there is no such thing as TMI in therapy. No. Give me I all of it.
1: But I think that one of the things that somebody wrote in about that I think is this goes into a lot of the stuff we talk about, which is if you have had an experience in the past where a therapist has shamed you or has told you something is TMI or has referred out afterwards, you know what I mean? Like I've had people that are like, oh, I tried to bring up sex and my therapist just like, I don't deal with that and referred me to someone else. Right. Which, first of all, it should be taught in every fucking grad program and human sexuality
0: and should be a hundred percent, like part of it. Right. It's who we are. It's part of who we are. You know, I also think whether it was a therapist that shamed you or even just in, you know, your day-to-day relationships, right. That we really don't have a lot of experiences where we are taking this specific amount of time to talk to someone about like everything that comes to our mind and everything that, that goes on with us. And so, you know, I think in social relationships where, where people aren't trained in this, you're so much more likely to feel shame in those experiences as people are like, oh, you know, I don't want to talk about masturbation or, you know, like, yeah, whatever it is. I think that happens so often. And that when you're in therapy, you're still talking to another person and to be able to get comfortable and used to that type of relationship, the therapeutic relationship takes some time. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about sex. Yeah because that was the number one thing people wrote in about yes. it. People are
1: struggling. So people had said anything from sex-related topics with my boyfriend or masturbation, stuff about sex and relationships that's not the primary focus. Uh sex life I mean sex life was just said so S- many, so many times. times. Um somebody talking about a marriage, a lot of gender identity stuff that they're married to like the things people wrote in, they're Married to someone who's a man, they're finding themselves having feelings towards women or realizing that maybe they are not as straight as they think that they were because we change. We change over time and then we notice different parts about yourself. And you can be working with a therapist for years and be like, holy shit, I
0: realized this other part of myself I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. I think that change is is a huge part of this, too, is that like if you are in therapy for a long time and your therapist really gets to know that one part of you when you first started coming into therapy, to be able to shift and say like, hey, I've discovered all of these other parts of myself and... I have to get to know myself in a different way. Sometimes that's where the therapeutic relationship can feel stuck because you've worked on what you've come in for, but Mm -hmm. you have, you know, you've, you've really taken all of these different paths into yourself to figure out who am I. And once you get there, you, you can reshape who that is or or start to talk about these different things that have come up. And so You getting to relearn yourself and then sharing that with the therapist can be challenging because you've already shared kind of this one part of yourself and... The, then the shift starts to happen. So how yeah. do you how do you open that conversation up to the therapist of, you know, I'm starting to get to know different parts of myself that I have not shared before? Mm. Okay. Should we play? You know, what would be fun. Should we yeah, play the I'm devil's ready.
1: advocate? Like, I'll like, be like, oh, here's my therapist doesn't do it. You talk about the client perspective, right? Like, yeah. I think one of the things that I know from supervising so many people is there are times when people are like, oh, I'm scared. I, like I feel we are bringing this up because the client has it brought up, right? So then, like, is it my agenda, right? So if my client's talking about struggling in their marriage, where they're not saying anything about sex. I've worked with with supervisees that are like, yeah, but like they're not saying about sex. So if I'm making about sex, like am I then putting my stuff onto it? And I'm like, no, dude, you got to fucking ask about sex. Like you always ask about sex, right? And if you're not comfortable talking about sex, you as the clinician need to go do some shit. Yeah. If you are working. It is 2022, my friends. If you are a therapist and you are not comfortable talking about sex, It is time for you to go to supervision and get some peer consults and do some CEs and really get comfortable in that area because it does matter because sex is not just about the act of sex. Who we are in sex often has to do with who we are outside of the room, how we advocate for ourselves, how we obtain pleasure for ourselves, our sexuality. It is such a massive, larger umbrella thing. It is not just talking about sexual acts. So I think when people are also so scared, clients, to be like, oh, I'm not happy with my sex life because then someone will be like, well, oh, are you guys going to get divorced? Like people are so worried about saying something and what it means. Yes. Our fear is not about saying the actual thing. Our fear is about everything that's underneath that thing, that if I say it out loud, what are you going to think and what am I going to think about myself?
0: and i think a lot of that goes hand in hand right the thing the the fear that we have might be the fear you know the the shame that we're already putting on ourselves for the struggles that we're having in these different domains you know that yes it is very real that people you know have their own opinions or ideas and haven't done their work around sexuality and so they project that onto you but also what are the things that are coming up for you that are keeping you from talking about um, the things that you're going through sexually or in Mm -hmm. any of these things any of these things any of them We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drum roll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could Could not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, health healthy snacks, sweets, ready to eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince. From their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50, to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, Quince offers a range of high quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part, all Quince items are priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you, it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrink chicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q u i n c e. ecom slash shrink chicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrink chicks. Okay, so
1: if you are struggling to talk about sex, you now have a great intro. Because you get to say, listen to this episode and it made <laughs> me realize that I'm not talking about sex in our sessions. If your therapist has never brought up sex before, it does not mean that they are incompetent in that subject. It might be that they are waiting for you to have the comfort level to break it up. I would encourage all of us to stop that, to just speak the truth when we have the truth and we know the truth. That's what we should do.
0: <laughs> that that is? Is? Oh, my God. It's eight thirty in the morning. I have a lot more energy than usual. Are, you are a composer. <laughs> I also think you know, and I, I know we slightly said this earlier, but you can also say, "Hey, I want to bring up, you know, sex in our sessions." I'm wondering how comfortable you feel around that, talking around that. Yeah. You know, if your therapist says, "Hey, I'm not comfortable talking about sex." it might be time to find a different therapist who is comfortable talking about sex. It's a huge part of who we are as individuals. One of the things that's
1: coming up for me right now is like, I wish that we could sit here and be like, no, you can definitely talk to your therapist about all this stuff. But like, we don't know that. No, I'm not. We're not going to put people in an unsafe situation where I'm like, yeah, definitely talk about your drug use and definitely talk about when like there are some therapists that are not safe to talk about everything with. And I am not going to pretend like that doesn't exist.
0: A hundred percent. And I, and that's where I say it's okay to ask, right? I mean, we, we talk about this in the context of relationships too, when you're, you're setting boundaries for yourself that it's okay to say, Hey, is this something that I can bring up? Right. Can I bring up drug use? Can I bring up sex? Can I, and they might say, no, Right. And mm-hmm. if they say no, I think there's a lot of fear around the well, then what do we do about this relationship? Because if you have a longstanding re- relationship with your therapist and they say no, and this is a pretty you know important topic to talk about, then it brings you to the conversation of what do we do in this relationship? And do I yeah. do I find a different therapist that can be really hard after years? It's almost like when you're dating someone. Right. And they're like or you're you have like a situation ship.
1: Yes. Situationship, and, yes,
0: situationship, and you're like oh you know I want this to be exclusive but if I bring it up right are they gonna say like this isn't something and then the whole relationship ends so you just mm. don't bring it up ever in order to maintain what the relationship is so I think that that could be a big fear of I don't want to lose this connection with my therapist if they do say no yeah and yeah. what would that look like for me it could be heartbreaking it might be heartbreaking And
1: sometimes that happens in relationships. Sometimes we outgrow a relationship, whether it's romantic, whether it's platonic, whether it's a professional relationship or with a therapist. Sometimes we outgrow something. You guess what? I have to tell you something. You can outgrow your therapist if they're not doing the work.
0: I'm not no gaslighting right now. Yeah, this is a very real thing. Even if and even if they are doing the work, you might outgrow your therapist. That is just part of it at times that you might have. There might be things that you. Really connect with your therapist on. And then there might be times where you might, you know, want to look around for another therapist. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. But I think you can also talk to your therapist about the fear around if I bring this up and you don't work with this, then what happens to our relationship that you can talk about that worry or that concern? Like even processing that in your relationship is important. Yeah. Just talk about feelings, 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 feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there's another thing somebody
1: who wrote in about LGBTQ plus, and I never know how to ask about therapist support or find a supportive therapist. Before you go in to meet, this is the importance of like therapists should offer a 15 minute uh, free consult. Yes, they should. If they don't, something to say, but I believe that they should. Part of that is because you are allowed to ask questions of that therapist. Are you LGBT plus um, affirming, not just accepting? No, no, not just accepting affirming. Will you celebrate me in wherever I am in life? Right. Will you help affirm my identity, help me explore that identity? Do you have these skills? And a therapist is going to give you a lot of information on that phone call because how they react to that question tells you everything about how they are. So Do not put you in a situation where you're paying for sessions and you find out five sessions down the road. They're like some fucking weird ass, like, you know, super conservative, like, you you know, like doesn't have the same beliefs as you. Yes. (laughs) That's not going to help. Right. Ask beforehand. And so I'm a big believer in when somebody offers you that free 15 minute consult on the phone. Say yes. Yes. Even if you feel
0: weird. Say yes. And write down all of the questions beforehand that you want to ask them. Yeah. Right. If you're going in to talk about, you know, anything sexual, ask them before, how comfortable are you in talking mm-hmm. about sexual topics? And
1: you can say, here's like a great phrase you can say. Have you worked with clients dealing with, and then insert issue here. Have you worked with clients dealing with lack of sexual desire? And what has that work looked like in the past? Beautiful. Boom. There's your question, right? Ask beforehand. So take that up because if it's going to be hard for you to bring it up, I think it's also important to feel like you really trust your therapist and that they feel competent in that scope. There are, there is lots of things that Jen and I are not competent in, right? Like I'm going to think of one right now. There's a ton of things. Give me one. What do you okay. not, what are you least competent in Jen? Um, Probably pregnancy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm being honest. <laughs> really, that's what you feel, Lisa Cappetta? No, in? I guess no, no, no. Um, probably you know, like schizophrenia. Okay. Um, you know, like like things that need a higher level of care. Okay, great. Right. So you, so Jen should know that about herself. She should. Every
1: therapist should know what. Am I not competent in? And when do I refer out? A therapist should not be saying yes to every single client that comes their way just because they want to expand their scope.
0: Kids. I'm I'm really kids. Right. But same thing for me, right? If somebody was like, oh, like
1: I'm looking for play therapy, that's not what I do. If somebody wanted EMDR, if someone wanted somatic therapy, I do not offer those modalities. Art therapy. Art therapy, boom. Yeah, I don't really consider myself very artistic, right? That's like a trained thing. It's not just somebody who likes I do, art.
0: I could do Canva, <laughs> Canva therapy. <laughs> Wait, you would be so good at Canva. Thank therapy, you yes. so much. If that that isn't uh, you know, a modality yet, but I think I might create it. Canva I think therapy. It's great. I, be good for virtual sessions. It would be so good for virtual sessions. Wow. Well, yeah. Okay. That's All right. How you're yeah. interested in Canva. There. Just kidding. I don't offer that. <laughs> it's out yes. of her scope of range. It's out but of my so, range.
1: So there are certain things that are out of someone's scope of practice. If somebody specializes in sports psychology, I don't think it makes sense to go to them for postpartum pain. <laughs> there yeah. you go. So.
0: Get the consult unless they unless they specifically specialized in sports
1: psychology postpartum pain.
0: Yes, You never know. I we 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 haven't done our research. We haven't done our research. And if you
1: if you're listening and you specialize in that, tell us. We'll put you on a referral list. Yes, yeah, immediately. Um. (laughs) So right. So okay. So ask for the consult. Ask those questions. No. I struggle with bringing up sex, so it's going to be important for me to be someone who doesn't struggle to bring up with that, right? Like, I'm going to ask my clients those questions, but some therapists are not, and you might need to know that beforehand about yourself, because if you know yourself.
0: Yeah, you got to grow yourself. That's what you'll do, mighty. <laughs> okay.
1: And I think a lot of people also brought up feelings and thoughts, specifically yes. suicidal ideation.
0: This this is the thing that I, the reason why I wanted to do this uh, okay. episode, too. All right. Because... I think there's a huge fear of I'm going to bring up my suicidal ideation and my therapist is going to commit me, right? They're going to 302 me. And the fact of the matter is your therapist is there to help you with those thoughts, right? And we're mandated reporters. And we're mandated reporters. But you have to know that the suicidal ideation is something we're going to explore, but it does not mean we are going to 302 you. And we should say that there
1: are some therapists that are quick on the phone trigger. Right. That are because of their own anxiety, especially if you're looking at someone who's like in an intern program, they might be a little bit more freaked out. Here's can we should we tell you a secret right now? What we're looking for is plan and furtherance. So if you tell me. I have no plan to do this. I I don't have, you know what I mean? I have no plans. I don't have a way I would do this. But sometimes I think about it would be easier if I wasn't here. That's not grounds for 302 at all. And I think you're also allowed to say to your therapist, I want to talk about this stuff and I'm scared of how you're going to react, right? Like I want to talk about that. Like I'm having some really dark, dark thoughts and feelings that are freaking me out. And I'm worried about what that's going to mean from you because I know you have to do something. Yes. If I tell you even more like I would and that's what's about that goes into the meta communication. Let's communicate about the communicating. Yes. I'm scared to communicate this to you. That's a really good intro to do because seasons clinicians will know what is passive suicidal ideation and what is
0: truly very real and active suicidal attempts and interests. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so the plan and the plans and the furtherance is what we're looking for. Right. And so but once again, we're there to help you with those thoughts. And if we don't talk about them, then we can't help you with them we want to be there for you in ways that you don't feel like you can talk to anyone about this right that your therapist should be the person or can be the person that you can talk about some of these really terrifying thoughts with and I think this is also
1: one of those things that it's like sometimes you don't know until you're out of it sometimes until you're out of a depressive episode you don't even realize like oh wow like I was actually thinking about that a lot like I was thinking about you know what it would look like if I wasn't here. And like, so sometimes you don't even realize. And that's what I mean about like, not all of this is like conscious, like avoidance. Yeah. But I think it's uncomfortable. I think it's also like, okay, I'm someone who like kind of sucks at vulnerability and like have to be in therapy my entire life. And like, I have to know like certain things about myself that like, it's it's hard for me, Yeah, right? Like I'm a therapist and I talk about feelings and still like, this is hard for me. Yeah. And so I have to like actively say that. Like I my first session with my therapist now who I've been with for- Year? since before the pandemic year and a half. what no since the beginning of the pandemic so yeah so two and a half years do you like, do you like how
0: i know <laughs> i'm like trying to figure out on my timeline how long you've
1: been with your therapist but i started at my first session and i said listen i will find an issue with this around session five and so at session five she said hey we're at session five today so what's your issue <laughs> wow and what was your issue I was like, oh, yeah, I just think I'm doing fine. She's like, cool. So I'll see you in session six, right? <laughs> so like, you know, like I think like that's one of those things to know. Like, okay, here's my pattern with therapy. Here's where I noticed, like, like for me, like I can just like I'm so good at making jokes, man. Like I'm so me good, too. right? Me I'm too. so good at keeping cracking it them right on that sure. surface. So I have to go into therapy in my first session. I say all of that. Yeah. Here's what has happened to me in the past. Here has been my issues with other therapists. Here's what hasn't worked. I think also sometimes people feel bad to like talking smack on like another therapist. Like if something. Didn't Work, tell your current therapist because like right. we don't know. Right. Because it could be like, oh, my other therapist was always quick to jump into solution mode. And then if I do that, it's gonna feel the same amount of hurt. But if you tell me that beforehand, I know to look out for that. Right. So anything you know about yourself of a past experience or what's going on, let the clinician know up front. Not that it's your job to work that hard, but it's going to benefit everyone if you have some of that
0: awareness. You know, as you were saying, not that it's your job to work that hard. Cause I do, you know, like we. We're over functioners by trade but but I do think just just as you're saying that to be able to know, once again, know yourself and bring that into therapy. I also think if you've never had past experiences in therapy before, this is your first experience and you're recognizing a pattern, you can also bring that in, in the middle of therapy. Hey, I recognize that like when I I have said this to my own therapist before that I'm quick to intellectualize things, right. That I, you know, like as much as I love talking about feelings, when I'm on the other end of it, I'm quick to intellectualize my feelings and analyze myself the entire time I'm in therapy as opposed to just sit with my emotions. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My is flooded with Customize This and Personalize That, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair, but when Prose says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Prose covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily, after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it in a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised Clinical Controlled Study, aka the gold standard in research studies, Pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks. One of the questions we got or one of the things that someone said is I don't want to cry uncontrollably and not know how to voice my feelings. Mm. So that, that I think is really important to talk about because I think there's this idea of the only way that I'm going to be able to work through some of these things is if I'm able to intellectualize these feelings, if the space isn't just about feeling these feelings. <laughs> Those of you no, who can't see. This is why you should watch this on YouTube, because we yeah. just got a great guest here in the room and it wasn't a bug. It was Nellie. So that I think there's a lot of fear around if I, I I can't just sit here for 50 minutes and just feel these feelings. That I have to be able to talk about them or I have to be able, the therapist needs to know exactly what I'm feeling so that I'm able to work through this. And the thing that I want to say here is that every session can be different. There can be certain sessions where you just cry because part of that is your therapist is there with you. Right? You're not baby. alone in those feelings. And that sometimes it's important to just let yourself feel those feelings. Not every session is going to be this banger productive, you know, session where you're, you know, diving into your childhood and figuring out every trigger. Sometimes you just need to feel those feelings and you need to be with someone in feeling those feelings Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it is okay for you to go into a session crying controllably and don't and, and not have words for what you're feeling
1: let's talk about confronting your therapist oh okay i'm ready because if you want to talk about not having words for what you're feeling don't you think this goes into it oh yeah yeah okay a lot of people wrote in about what they struggle with to talk about therapy is confronting their therapist. Yes. So somebody had said, when I disagree with something, my therapist says, I feel like my longtime therapist isn't the right fit for me. I try to share one issue at a time. So she's not overwhelmed with it all to everyone functioning for the therapist. Um, <laughs> when I don't listen to their advice, um, when I'm having a hard time with something, we already hashed out, right? There's a whole of things. And then somebody talked about, they said honestly everything. I had a therapist once blame me for everything, including the abusive relationship I was in, and I haven't been to anyone since. That's trauma. That kills me. It's that, a traumatic event, and traumatic. I'm so my heart breaks for that yeah. person. And I know that they're not alone. That I know that this is a very real thing. It's one of the reasons why I talk about that. Not when we talk about like a therapist, like being safe. Like holy fuck. Like no safety. How fine. no emotional safety there, right? Okay, you're going to disagree with shit your therapist says. That in, in any relationship you're going to disagree with someone else. If, if, if you did not ever have like a disagreement, if you believed something that somebody says 100% of the time, that's that's a guru. That's a cult leader. That's not, yeah, not a okay. therapist. Therapy is about relationships, the therapeutic relationship. Part about a relationship is learning to talk about what works and doesn't work for you and what you disagree with. I love when clients call me out. Me too. It helps me too because
0: also in a selfish way, it literally helps me to fucking know because I can't read a mind. Also, this is where I think it's really important to say the therapist is not the expert of your life. You are the expert of your life. The therapist is there for guidance and they are there to help understand you so that you can better understand yourself. Mm -hmm. If you disagree with something that the therapist says and you don't tell them, then we don't have the opportunity to better get to know you and help you further. So if you disagree with something that we're saying, please say it. Yeah. It is so helpful for us to really get to know you and check our own ideas about, you know, we might be going in a different direction that isn't, isn't the case, right? That doesn't mm-hmm. fit for you. And so tell us that. Absolutely mm-hmm. tell us. And if your therapist insists on you agreeing with everything they say, you need to get a new therapist. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, right? it's, yes. If the therapist is acting like the expert of your life. You need to find a new therapist. Yeah. Unless you say something and they step
1: back from it, right? Like, unless they can hear that feedback. Yes. Right? Then I think, because I, I like to have a conversation first. Unless it feels so incredibly unsafe, then I then fuck it. I don't give a shit. Ghost them. Um, <laughs> but I think that the conversation matters more, right? There's so much that can come out of it. And you might, and it might be scary, right? Like, it might be really scary. And if your therapist is reactive towards you, and once again, like, one of the other things about our job is like, we've heard horror stories about what yeah. other therapists have done. We've heard some bad shit. Yeah. There's some bad shit that has happened. Like, there right. Is. The same thing with there's some bad shit doctors have done, and dentists, lawyers, yeah. lo- I mean, it's like teachers, right. Everything, right. Like, not everyone is a goddamn angel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love not everyone is a goddamn angel. <laughs> like me. <laughs>
1: okay. So, I think that what you to say but like confronting your therapist is part of a relationship and it leads to growth. Every hard conversation leads to growth, including hard
0: conversations with your therapist. You know, and and we talk a lot about uh you know kind of the isomorphic relationship that can happen is the more comfortable You become in therapy, saying to your therapist, I don't agree with that. Setting boundaries for yourself, saying this is what fits for me. The more you're going to be able to do that in other relationships in your life. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so if you find yourself having trouble speaking up in therapy about what fits for you and what doesn't fit for you, you might be a people pleaser. (laughs) You might be. You might be. And once again, I know we've been saying this the entire episode. You can even say that I'm having trouble bringing this up to you. Sometimes I don't agree with the things that you say. And I have trouble, you know, saying that to you. And I want to figure out what that's about. You know, Mm -hmm. like you're diving into the reasons why it's even hard for you to set that boundary with your therapist. Yeah. The more you understand that, the more you can bring that into your other relationships in your life, too.
1: Yep. Okay. Drugs and alcohol. I I know we talked about this a bunch in the cannabis episode. I think you could also ask, hey, what's the deal? How do you feel about drugs and alcohol? How do you feel about ethical drug use? How do you feel about recreational drug use? How do you feel about alcohol? Like, You're allowed to ask any of those questions at all before going into something. Yeah. Somebody said, I'm hesitant to tell her how much wine I drink. I fear my therapist will judge me. I'm also wondering if you fear that other people will judge you, it's because you're judging yourself with what your use is, right? Is there a reason why you're not bringing these things up? What's behind your hesitancy? Yes.
0: And so if there's a fear of my therapist is going to judge me, well, then what? Right. Like what's the, are they going to send you to treatment? Like, are they like, what's the worry about? Because once again, I think that really diving into that for you is what's important, right? If you, if you're drinking a ton of wine for a reason to numb certain feelings, you can talk about what those feelings are, but without the option of saying, you know, like, what's the reason why I'm drinking, you know, a bottle of wine every night, then we can't get underneath it. And so I think the fear of judgment comes from like, someone's going to condemn me for this. And if they condemn me, I won't be able to talk about the reason why this is happening. Yeah. Right. They're just going to judge me and shut me down. Yeah. And your therapist should be able to help you talk through the reasons why that might be happening. Yeah.
1: Well, then that goes into shame. A lot of people brought yeah. shame. Shame's a good shame. Shame's a good, a good one. one, right? And I think sort of shame is with a lot of these things, sex, drugs, rock and roll, baby, there's a lot of shame around it. Um, somebody wrote in when I've done something that I've said is hurtful when it's done to me, anger or gossip, things I'm ashamed about, um, even with a uh, trusted therapist, definitely shame or guilt when I do things that I don't appreciate from others. So there are times when our behavior is less than ideal. There are times that the better parts take over and I gossip or I'm mean or I'm angry or I'm passive aggressive.
0: We're, we're not a goddamn angel. We're not a goddamn angel at <laughs> times when we can't be those goddamn angels (laughs) that we wish to be (laughs) so
1: like so in
0: all of those
1: right like the shame and guilt but that's part of it you can say to your therapist i need to say this out loud and like you don't have to fix it for me right like you know i'm gonna say this because like it's true like there's some times that like just we just have a behavior and it often yes. doesn't mean shit about us. Besides, we are having a tough fucking day.
0: You're human. Yeah. And so the difference between shame and guilt is that shame is I am bad, right? We're feeling like the things that we've done means that we're, we are bad as a person. But what does Brene Brown always say? She always says that the antidote to shame is vulnerability, mm. right? Yes. And what better time... <laughs> To, to be have vulnerable. Vulnerable, vulnerability than in therapy. I love it.
1: <laughs> and I guess that that also goes into trauma too, right? The shame around trauma. A lot of people wrote in about, someone talked about a trauma around an abortion as a teenager, trauma around sexual assault, incest. There is shame and trauma that goes so deep. There's no place that feels safe enough to open it up. Because the other fear is that if I say it out loud to somebody else, if somebody else knows, it feels a little bit like opening up Pandora's box. I can't put it back inside. Yeah. And so I get that. I get that there is some stuff that feels so scary to open up. And we're not here to push you to talk about anything you're not ready to talk about. But I think that there speaks to something about wanting to get it out if you want to put it onto an anonymous question box on the Internet. And I am not judging that at all. That, to me, it feels safer to say it to a stranger than it does to a therapist. Mm -hmm. Because also sometimes when you've been with a therapist for a long time, it's like a long relationship and then it can feel harder to talk
0: about stuff as opposed to like telling a stranger on the street. Yes. And I think that something, a way to open that up, once again, if it's something you want to open up, and I know we keep saying this, but it's so important that you feel... Like you really have control over when you're bringing this up, when you talk about it, and that it is important that you make that decision. But you're allowed to say in therapy, if it is something you want to bring up, hey, there's something I haven't talked about in here. I want to try to start talking about it. I don't know how to talk about it. I want to move slowly with it. Like you get to set the parameters around what you're bringing up, when you're bringing it up, how much you're bringing it up, and you can say that here are the boundaries and parameters that I have around it. You get to set those for yourself, Mm -hmm. and you can work with the therapist on what that looks like. Right? Like, okay, do you want to sit? Do you know? Do you do you want to start talking about it in the next session? When do you want to go into it? You know that the you can talk about the safety around that conversation, because it's, if it's something you've never talked about before, if it might bring you back into the trauma, if it brings up a lot of triggers for you, like it can be pretty terrifying. Mm -hmm. So to be able to build the safety around it with your therapist can be really important, right? It doesn't just have to be, I'm going to put this out there and then We'll see what happens. Yeah, You can start to build safety around those conversations even before you bring up the topic. Hey, there's something I want to talk about, but I want to build safety around it.
1: Yeah. And I think that goes to because quite a few people had wrote in about abortions and anything related to politics, which abortion shouldn't be about politics. But here we are. <laughs> You're allowed to say to your therapist, what is your stance on abortion? They don't have to answer you. You could also say, who did you vote for? What are are your political beliefs? They don't have to answer you. You can ask them anything. You can ask ask your therapist (laughs) literally anything. And they also do get to not answer you or talk about why you're asking that question. But it is within your rights to know that it is safe to talk about a topic with somebody who also believes in your bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to ask anything you want from a therapist. And they don't have to tell you anything, but you'll get a lot of information about how they react there's like so and so i'm trying to think of like what i wouldn't tell a client a client asks me where i live my home address (laughs) right. probably just google it and find out i'm sure everything's (laughs) on the fucking internet these days but like i mean but there's like most things that like i would tell the answer but i also might say like but like tell me why that's important to you like if somebody wants to know how old i am right like i'm gonna tell you the answer i don't give a shit but also i want to know why that feels important for you to know what is that mean about me? What does that mean about our relationship? What does that mean about yourself? Like, I'm interested to know. But for the most part, like, I'm probably going to answer Are there things,
0: what, do you answer like everything? Yeah. So do I. I mean, they're, uh, clients are usually very boundaryed you know, yeah. like that they're, I mean, they do, they're like, I don't know if this is too personal. I'm like, nah, tell me, you know, if like yeah. I'm going on vacation, they would say like, where are you going on vacation? They're like, oh, I don't know if I get, where are you going on vacation? Yeah. Obvi- you know, that they're, you know, I'm trying to think. There was do never cli- a t- do clients ever ask you about kids? Um, yeah. I've had I have had yes. clients because I've had clients say to me, "Are you going to have
1: more?" I mean, obviously they knew when I was fucking pregnant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I also and think
0: I also think this pod. I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Go ahead.
1: No, 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 no. no. I want to hear what you have to say. Mine I didn't just matter. Just,
0: I do- <laughs> <laughs> you always matter. Thank you. But thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I also think this podcast has opened up so much yes. of our personal lives that like clients. We don't have a choice yet. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I mean, I mean, I had
1: my ketamine therapist on a few weeks ago. We were talking about my own suicidality. So yeah, I (laughs) got, I got nothing. No privacy anymore.
0: Yeah. But I think that when we first started out as therapists, that that, you know, especially when we were younger and clients were asking our age that that was very challenging for us. Well, And
1: like, remember, like, I, I remember, like, when I got engaged, all of a sudden I had a ring and that like, right, like, I didn't have a ring and then I had a ring. And also people yeah. were like, oh, my God, like, did you get engaged? So I had quite yeah. a few people around that. And then like, when I told people, I told people I was pregnant before I started showing because like, you know, that's, like, something you can work through in supervision, like, if yeah. you're pregnant and stuff about, like, how am I going to handle this with clients? What's this going to look like? So, like, I let people know early on. I, I think I was five months. Yeah. Um, And I, like, wanted, I wanted to tell people before they asked or something. Yeah, yeah. And then now I have people say, like, you know, are you going to have more kids? Like, stuff like that. And, like, I try to be, like, very open about yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But also... Most people are seeing me because of my professional and my lived experience because I'm working with a lot of people that are trauma survivors that have infertility with uh, sexual dysfunction. Right. Like that's like like most people. I'm like very honest about like, oh, no, I have lived and professional experience in this. right, Right. I know. I want to think of something I would not tell. Any if anyone wanted information about someone else in my life, if they wanted to know something yeah. about my my child is off limits, my husband, you know what I mean. That's probably what would be that like yeah, I, I don't share anything about like any like, of my personal like people. maybe
0: my sex life. Who yeah, oh, but I like, guess who's who's asking? <laughs> <laughs> would be interesting. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: but You get a choice. You're allowed to ask therapists. Allowed to say no. Okay, we have to do Ebb and Jen
0: before they okay, cut, too. Us, cut off to too. Yes, <laughs> no one's cutting off our time. It's just us. <laughs> but yeah, everyone's like, yeah, yeah. i'm done Before with this. Okay. everyone else cuts the episode yes. off. Okay. Dear Em and Jen, do you have any advice or suggestions on how to bring something up to my therapist that I'm having trouble admitting, even to myself? I don't fear her judgment. I just fear saying it out loud and then having to deal with talking about it. Thank you. So I have an idea.
1: I have a, I have a, I have a suggestion. Ready? You are allowed to say to your therapist, I need to say this out loud and I don't want to talk about it for the rest of the session. You're allowed to say it and then change subjects. You're allowed to, this is, uh, as if you guys have ever heard of the doorknob, a doorknob <laughs> revelation, right? Yeah. Like, a do- like a doorknob comment, which means like somebody has their hand on the doorknob and then they're like, oh, also, by the way, I had an abortion last week. And then they right. walk out the door right. and you're like, what <laughs> the fuck? Right? Like, so like, there's a reason that you want to say it, but you don't want to deal with talking about it. It is because it is such a huge thing for you. So you're allowed to do just that. But today I want to tell you that I cheated on my spouse and I don't want to talk about it. And I know that you're going to bring it up next week. But like for today, I just have to say the sentence and then go in and talk about my issues with my mom.
0: You're allowed to do that. That's happened so often. Yep. You know, that there's a reason why, as you're saying, people say things as they're leaving the room. Right. And you're, you know, this is similar to what we were saying before, is that you're allowed to create safety around things that you Want to talk about, but there's fear of talking about them. And I think that it's so common that part of the reason, you know, that we don't want to bring things up isn't just about the fear of judgment from our therapist, but also, you know, if we bring it up, then it's real and we have to deal with it. And sometimes it's so much easier to avoid those things and push them down, right? That we can still function in our lives. And so, but Here's the kicker is that whether you bring it up or not, it's still real. It is still real for you. It's just a matter of how much turmoil it's going to create internally if you don't bring it up at some point, right? That you might be able to still function in your life. You might be able to. And so, but if you're getting to the point where you're feeling like, I need to address this, then it might be the case that. It's causing more turmoil than you want to be able, than you're functioning with in your everyday life. And so that's, I think, the big piece of this, too, is that whether you bring it up or not, it is still real for you. And I know that that's hard.
1: And so give yourself space for that to be hard Yes. and to know that you deserve to talk about something
0: and a space to do it. And that's our episode. And if you
1: enjoyed today's episode about shrink chicks and all the stuff you should talk about in therapy and why it's so darn hard, even when you're there for those fifty wonderful minutes, we invite you to send this episode out to uh, someone else you know who might benefit from it. We also always love when you give us a five star review, add a uh, five five stars, also write a review. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, um, follow on you know now you can subscribe on all Spotify, the, all, the, all, things, things. There's all the things, all the things. You can watch <laughs> us on YouTube. You can see Nelly the cat jump in. And- And uh, me chew on my nails, probably. (laughs) Um, And we love you. We'll see you next week. Take very, very good care of yourself. And don't ever forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you soon.